Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. Hey, thanks for listening to Dirt and Spray On Demand, a Service Patriots podcast. Service Patriots is your home comfort solution for all your heating and air conditioning needs. Check out the latest special offers for our listeners at servicepatriots.com slash the fan. This is Dirt and Sprague. 915. Let's have a great day, everybody. Cut this with Andy Dirt Johnson. I said that I wanted to have kids, and you said that you wanted me to have a vasectomy. What did I do? When you said that you might want to have kids, and I wasn't so sure, who had the vasectomy reversed? And then when you said you definitely didn't want to have kids, what reversed back? And Brendan Sprague. Stiff stop, stiff stop, stiff stop. You have no idea the physical toll. The three vasectomies have a person. Dirt and spray gun 1080. They're not going to catch us. We're on a mission from God. The fan. Hey, let's do this final hour. Dirt and spray here on Portland Sports Leader 1080. The fan 99.5 HD2, the Odyssey app, and YouTube. We got a lot to get to in the final hour of the show. Some more college football thoughts coming up. Thursday night football tonight. I'm gambling on the Panthers because I'm an idiot, and uh, we got a lot to get to. But joining us now, who won the pressure cooker? You didn't uh, give us a ruling. On I that. think I'm going to give Swag the nod, two to one there, two to one edge, slight edge. Good, good pressure cooker battle though. I'm going to give the slight edge to uh, Jason T. Swigard. On the line now is the host of You Better You Bet, Nancy Sports Betting Insider Ken Barkley. Insider calls are presented by BetMGM. Go check out all the latest lines today on the BetMGM app. Also, be sure to listen to the You Better You Bet podcast for more Ken Barkley's analysis. Just search You Bet wherever you find your podcast. Ken at Lockie Lockerson on Twitter, by the way. It's so good. It is so good to have Ken back on the show. If a neighbor calls you by the wrong name, are you the personality that will correct them, or you do you, do you just roll with it and now that's my name when I talk to that neighbor? What's the play? Oh, no. Oh, no. I'm, I'm correcting. I'm um, like an immediate, correct. emphatic correction? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Well, hmm. I, like to, I like to be friendly with my neighbor. Like, I want to be friends with them because I might need something at some point, you know? <laughs> and I guess vice versa, like, if they need something... You know, like whatever, like it's, you know, they're your neighbors. Like you gotta, you, like, I, I, this is just, this is like one of my foundational, like I think you have to have really good relationships with like, like local people, like your neighbors, the people like that you, you know, like see around town, whatever. Cause like you see them all, you see them every day, all the time. Like who cares what, like my relationship with people on Twitter, like who cares? I could just quit Twitter at some point. I don't see these people ever, you know, or whatever. Like I just, like there's, you gotta, you gotta, you know, people focus a lot on national politics like the presidential debates and stuff like the local is where it's at like this is how stuff gets done it's like yeah cool like big picture trump biden whatever like a lot of noise also like this road never gets fixed next to my house so like can i get that before we talk about like national health care or something can we do that so it's just you know neighbors it's like a part of that it's a part of that like local like being local like I, I see these people every day like what if i'm in like a pinch and i need help with something or you know like whatever like i'm so the point of that is 
yeah, if they call me like Sam or something, <laughs> then like I need them to know that's not my name. And then maybe I can make a joke out of it next time you say like, hey, Sam, remember Sam from before? And then it'll be like a funny thing. Like I'm I'm steering way. People like try to get awkward. Be like, oh, he called me by the wrong name. I'm steering way into it. And I think that's always the best policy. OK, uh, who do you like right now? Long odds. <laughs> uh, you mentioned it there. But who is there somebody that's got like sneaky good odds in the presidential election race right now in Ooh. Vegas? Because right now it's heavy Trump Biden stuff. <laughs> but if one of those goes to prison and the other one just continues to get older and older, which he will. Uh, is there somebody with long odds you die? Did you gamble on the last presidential election? Oh, to be to be fair, we're we're all getting older and older. It's not just President Biden. Just to be fair, although he's getting his looks he, older than older, older, older though, and, you know. When he gets older and older, it, it gets yeah, yeah, it gets a little dicey yeah. from a number standpoint. Right. Right? Like the, the raw number is a little, you know. Wouldn't bet that spread, for example. <laughs> the analytics uh, so are like, not good know, on that. Yeah. yeah, yeah, they're not good. Yeah, wouldn't tease it up. You know, wouldn't do that. So, um, yeah, I just. I think it's going to be Trump against Biden because, like, it's always the most obvious thing, like, in terms of at least who the nominees are, usually. Uh, usually this stuff's, like, not terribly difficult to figure out. Yeah, like, sometimes, like, the first Trump presidency, yeah, like, I don't think a lot of people thought he would be the nominee until it started really getting a lot of steam. But, like, who's who's getting in the middle of this? Like, who's actually going to – I mean, I don't – I'm not, like, a, a politics person, but I don't – I don't see like some great opportunity with like the the, the incumbent who's going to run again and the guy who's been president already are like the two nominees. Like if these aren't exactly vulnerable favorites, to use a term that we use from like football or something, like it's the guy who's president now and the guy who just was pretty good track record, you know, like tough to go against that uh, despite all the things that are going on. So, I, yeah, I, I mean, I think, you know, I, I have no idea who's going to win. I actually don't even really want to think about it because it's sad and depressing. Um, <laughs> no matter who wins, right. and you know whatever. I just it's like we did this on our show the other day. Like I, you know, my parents' generation is the baby boomers, and like you know that Tom Brokaw wrote that book, right? Like the greatest generation or something like that. Like we've had, you know, my parents, my grandparents, they've had a good run. Like it's like accomplished a lot, and we should be very thankful and grateful for that. Also, like, can they stop being in charge of stuff would be, like, really good because, you know, like, I, I love my parents. Also, like, iPhones are still a little difficult, you know, like, there's still some challenges there. And, and just like, hey, like, how do I get this document? Da, da, da. Be a like, cool man. Yeah. Here are the nuclear code. Here you go. <laughs> like, great. You know, just add just it's like just it's tough. Like, that's where that's where we're at. Like, we got to At some point, we got to at some point, like the parents let's have to let the kids drive the car. Like, yes. at some point that has to happen. And uh, and I, I guess it's not this time. Maybe it's next time. That uh, Biden tease up line is I want to tease down. Dude, that was fantastic. <laughs> that was well done. We're not. That's maybe the best line you've ever dropped in any of the interviews we've done. Hey, Ken, I love and this. Maybe this is like scorned lover. I had a big parlay going last week and I teased the Panthers up against the Colts. And then Bryce Young proceeded to throw two pick sixes and three picks on the game and that, mm, that crashed yeah. and burned. So maybe this is like a scorned lover thing and I'm leaning back into the thing that hurts me the most recently. I love the Panthers, especially if they're catching three and a half tonight. Am I crazy? No, I don't think you're crazy. Uh, Bears three and a half is like a weird number to see, right? Because, you know, they're bad. <laughs> yeah. So seeing them three and a half is, uh, is a little tough. I just, uh, I thought I would be able to make a bet in this game. I thought Fields was going to play. That's what I was hoping for. And if Fields was going to play, this was going to go to like four and a half, five or something like that. And I would bet the Panthers at that point. Like that's 
I was hoping for like an overreaction to a piece of news, but that didn't happen. And now like people are putting the Panthers down, like it's three in some places. And I don't, I don't like that at all. Like, I don't like, like if you're going to be on the Panthers, I want it to be really contrarian and I want to be able to get a price that's amazing Mm. because I should be able to get a price that's amazing because they suck. And I'm not getting a price that's amazing anymore. Like I'm getting fair price probably. If I actually had to bet the game tonight, I would like wait till the last possible second, catch a three and maybe bet Chicago. But I don't, this is not like Ken's favorite bet or something he's dying to do. Just like, I think how I would approach the game now that, now that the quarterback stuff is decided. Uh, Ken, I'm curious. I wanted to ask you this last Sorry, by the way. It's okay. It's all right, Ken. I'm an idiot. Like, Panthers, best, <laughs> yeah. best bet ever. And I'm like, I'm like, I'd actually rather talk about, I'd actually rather talk about the president a lot more. Like, let's do, let's do social security next. Instead of talking about I like it. Football. What should be the yeah. age requirement? Huh? Where do we cap it? Let's go, yeah, Ken. Exactly. Uh, I, I wanted to ask you last week and I, I kind of forgot, uh, the NFL, we do a segment on our show called Zigger Zag and I throw something to dirt and I say, is he zigging or zagging on this? And I, I enjoy doing it, but I forgot to ask you last week, what is, you talk about key numbers and you say like sevens and six and a halfs and threes, like you, you note key numbers from time to time. And I think people understand what that means. What would be a key number for Ken Barkley when evaluating a total where you see a number and you instinctually have to react with, I have to go under that, right? Like if Iowa was at 30 or 31, I'm betting the under every single time. I don't care. I don't don't I don't right. need research. I'm betting the under. What is a key okay. under number? And the reason I ask that is because Ken scoring in the NFL is down the last two years. And so there's an idea that maybe defense is caught up to the NFL uh, offenses that have evolved. Do you buy that the defense is caught up to the NFL offense? And what is the key number for for an under for you? Oh man, uh, that's a good question. So like, it would be like a team and a number, right? So you said I like Iowa thirty and or I, Iowa anything above seven yes. or something. I guess would be an under, right? Under. Something like that. Yeah, exactly. Uh, I mean, like you know, Chargers like forty-seven or more, something like that. I bet the under, um, just because I think their offense is like totally overrated. Uh, Ravens forty four or over. I bet the under, mm-hmm. just because like I think their defense is underrated. Yeah, like they might end up with like the number one defense at the end of the year. That total, that total got bet up against uh, Seattle last week. That made no sense. Um, so yeah, like a, a couple ones to answer your question about scoring. It's a so we actually had a couple of really smart people on this week who attempted to answer this, and because I haven't like done like a, a ton of research and digging on like exactly why it's happening. Because I think the theory is like well the defenses have all caught up, and I think that's true to a certain extent. But what we were told, which I think is really interesting, it's not like that, yes, they've caught up. Basically, like their strategy, the overall defensive strategy this year, there's so many like dominant wide receivers, game-breaking like players down the field, is essentially to shut off explosive plays. Like who cares about anything else? Just like stop giving up these like 65-yard touchdown catches to everybody. And essentially like Brandon Staley popularized this a long time ago with the Rams. That's like what got him his head coaching job. This kind of like bend but don't break let the team run the ball. Who cares? Keep everything in front of you. Like, like just, you know, make, make them earn every point. And so what's happening is these, even these great quarterbacks are forced to have these like 12, 15 play drives to score touchdowns. And when that happens, like, okay, if you have a 12, 15 play drive and you have to like, you mess up a third down or like, God forbid you turn it over in the red zone. Like if you do that once or twice, the total is dead. Like it's under, cause the game, the drive has taken so long 
to get to that point, like if that's a three-point drive or a zero-point drive, like the any total in the mid to high 40s or better is just like behind the eight ball in terms of getting there. So like the quarterbacks are still, you know, the ones that are actually good are still performing at a really high level. But you don't see, and you see this with passing yards too, right? Like no quarterback is on pace to like break any passing yards record right now or even close. Mm-hmm. It's like, all right, because well, there aren't as many explosive plays. So it's just it's all like dink and dunk, eight to ten yards. Now Miami can generate explosive plays because they have fast guys. But besides that, like that's kind of what you see, like Bills Bengals, right? Like that was supposed to be a shootout. It kind of looked like that in the first quarter. Yeah. And then what happens? Like really long drive, turn it over inside the ten, like this. And then all of a sudden it's like a dead under game. How did this happen? <laughs> so I think it's kind of like yeah, the defenses have caught up, but they're doing something that just creates low scoring games, even though like. I don't know if it's like a successful thing. It's just that's what they're doing right now. Interesting. Yeah, when that Bengal uh, Bill game started, I was texting my buddies like, "This is this is setting up to be an all time classic. Easy touchdown. Easy. Give me a fifty two forty nine Rams and Chiefs game Monday night years ago. <laughs> you look up at the right. final. You're like second half. It's like, Not hey, it's so twenty one to seven. Yeah. What's going on right yeah. now? Wait, can, uh, I, can I ask you something? Yeah, you guys do zig and zag. We do. I have a big zag this week. Can I give you a zag? Ooh, yes. So like, so I'm assuming zag is like something's going one way, and I think it's going to go the other way. So yes. it's like I'm zagging. Right. Okay. So right now, if we say that whatever the Falcons are doing right now is zigging, which is everyone hates them and everyone thinks their coach Arthur Smith is a dummy. He is. And he's like entitled and he's pretentious. Yes. He talks down to the media and everything that's written about him is like how much he sucks and like the team's brutal. And why don't they use Bijan Robinson? And this thing's falling apart. Okay, great. That's zigging. I would like to zag this week and bet an incredibly large sum of money on the Atlanta Falcons against the Arizona Cardinals. They're barely this favored. Price, this price is insane. We first of all, the Cardinals aren't even trying to win games. Like it's great, Kyler's back, awesome, and like yes, he's way better than well, Clayton Tunes, the worst quarterback I've ever seen. But like the idea that oh, Kyler's back, like now Cardinals fifty percent to win a game. Like fifty uh, percent to win a game. Anybody been watching the games? Fifty percent to win a game, really? I think this is like an awesome, awesome setup to play Atlanta. And I think I've bet Atlanta in like zero games the entire year. And this is like you dream about opportunities like this. Like pick against the worst team in the league and the market's overreacting to their quarterback being back. Oh yeah, oh yeah. Like that's num 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 num. That's that, that. that's what that is. That is yeah. just delightful. That is that is why we zig, that is why we zag. Sometimes you num, gotta yeah, do num, the num, zag num, on num. a line and we're zagging on that, that one with bad. you. Uh he is those you better you bet. Odyssey Sports Betting Insider Ken Barkley Insider Calls are presented by BetMGM. Go check out all of the latest lines today. <clears throat> Excuse me on the BetMGM app. Ugh. So I got a frog in my throat. God. That's great radio. Ken, we love you. Thanks as always for hopping on and we'll chat again next Thursday. It's that time of year. Don't worry. My voice is going too. We're all. We just, let's just make it to Thanksgiving. Let's make it to the finish line. That's right. We're almost so, there. We're turn almost your there. mic off, yeah. though. Like, <laughs> <laughs> oh, sorry. Sorry about that. <laughs> Thanks, Ken. Uh, there you go. Good stuff from Ken Barkley on gambling. I know. I've looked at that line all week, and I can't. I'm like, is Kyler Murray worth that much? Doesn't make any I'm sense. I'm hammering it. I'm with Falcons. Him, but... Give me the Falcons all day. Uh, there is. This will make sense coming up next. Garth Brooks has a song about unanswered prayers, and it ties into two schools in the Northwest, and I'm going to talk about it coming up next on The Fan. Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. 
Hey everyone, Boomer Esiason here. The NFL Draft is behind us and your favorite team is now gearing up for week number one. The free Odyssey app puts you right in the middle of the pro football conversation with the biggest sports radio stations from across the country. The local voices who know your team the best, giving you their unfiltered takes on the current state of your squad. It's always football season right here on the free Odyssey app. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. All right, well, Jelly Roll is trending on your Twitter this morning, but I don't want to talk about Jelly Roll. Jelly Roll! I want to talk about Garth Brooks, and I'll do that in a moment. I didn't know who Jelly Roll was until this morning. I'm like, why is Jelly Roll trending? <laughs> you don't like Jelly? It's just people are eating Jelly Rolls. That's it, right? No, I don't know what we're doing. He um, looks like... Uh, Bigger Post Malone in country music. He's a fat Post Malone country singer. It's basically the I way to describe him. Fat you did. So uh, hey, as a fat, I can do it. You know what I but mean? You're not. He's I one mean, of my. He's, he's in my different. tribe. He's this in my is, tribe. This is different. He's not doing the exercise part of your your lifestyle right Stay now. Down. I'm I'm fat. <laughs> Thank you. Uh, right now, if you text the word Nimrod N I M R O D to five zero three eight six four six three two six. You will be entered for a chance to win tickets to see Green Day at Providence Park on September 25th, 2024. Go to 1080thefan.com for complete details. Again, N-I-M-R-O-D, Nimrod, to 503-864-6326. You'll be entered for a chance to win those tickets. I looked at our YouTube video from Tuesday, the day that we forgot to give away the tickets. We had one comment on our entire show because the live comment section, when the show is done, disappears. It's like a WhatsApp message. It's just gone well, forever. what would you comment on if there's nothing happening? Well, sure, but people who go back and watch the show later, you know what the only comment was on Tuesday's show? <laughs> no. Hey, where were the Green Day tickets? <laughs> <laughs> that was the only one. I just started laughing. Like, all right. Uh, Garth Brooks has a song about unanswered prayers, and the theme of the song is basically like, hey, it's great. Sometimes you pray for something. You don't get it. You seem heartbroken in the moment, but in hindsight, ends up being a positive thing for you, right? The reason I'm bringing this up, I saw a tweet the other day, and it ties into Northwest School's Anna game this weekend. It is funny how two years ago we went through a major coaching carousel in college football. You had Lincoln Riley shock everybody out of nowhere and leave Oklahoma for USC. You had Brian Kelly out of nowhere leave Notre Dame and go to LSU. You had uh, Mario Cristobal, not out of nowhere, but we, <laughs> no, but to some Duck fan it was because sure, he was yeah. Mr. Loyal. He was, right? Yeah. I'm going to be here forever. He got dragged me out of this building, bounce and go to Miami. Mm-hmm. And it is funny that sometimes in life you can seem heartbroken or disappointed about a coach leaving or not getting your top guy. Another team that had to go through a coaching hire was Washington. I don't know what number Kalen DeBoer was on their list, but I can guarantee you he won number one. I believe number one was the uh, was Matt Campbell at Iowa State. They want they went after Matt Campbell hard, and he's a guy that just hasn't left. He stayed loyal, and he's actually having a decent year this year. But it is funny how in the moment you can seem disappointed or frustrated of like, oh God, here we go. This is a disaster. Mm-hmm. And then you fast forward two years later, Miami fans ain't all in on Mario Cristobal. 
I, I don't know how LSU. You don't think they are? I think he got them back a little bit this year. They're they're not having a bad year. They had a bad loss last weekend to NC State, but they could win this weekend. I mean, they're like two and four in ACC play. I yeah, see your I, point. I, they get beat it, A&M but and they beat Clemson. They have a sure. freshman defensive lineman that's going to be like an all world guy next year. Like they've they've got some horses. I don't think he's a good coach, and that's sure. where they'll fail. But like, their he's offense is an well. issue. Quarterback play has regressed. So some of those yeah, similar yeah, those similar themes exist. You I don't know how LSU fan is on Brian Kelly, but he made an SEC title game last year. Lost is like they're not going back. It's a three loss team now. Maybe they lose again. He bought some time. I think. I last think with year. their performance yeah. from last year, uh, Oklahoma and Brent Venables, another one of those hires that happened in that process three weeks ago, looked great. Mm. Now they're probably on the outside looking in at the Big Twelve title game. Marcus Freeman was the promotion at Notre Dame. Yeah. So it just it's funny how things work out. But I asked the question on Twitter last night. I was just curious where people would answer because everybody has a different definition of success or failure, and every program has a different level of expectations. Of the second-year coaches, I included Marcus Freeman, Brent Venables, Mario Cristobal, and Lincoln Riley. Who's been the most disappointing a year-plus into their tenure? This is going to be balanced with pay, isn't it? I mean, they're all making a lot of money, but yes, you can do that. I think Lincoln's probably making the most of that bunch. Mario's up there though. Mario got a, I think, got an eighty and ninety million dollar deal. Well, and some people have argued Lincoln has not been disappointing. He made a Pac-12 title game last year. He had a Heisman Trophy winning yeah, quarterback. Yeah, I'm not like, going to make the argument for him. I think I'd eliminate him quick because I didn't see them get into the Pac-12 title game last year. Totally fair. Nobody did. Totally fair. Well, some people did because of the USC thing, but when Caleb Williams is that good, real ones who know ball were like, I don't know about this, and he did it with Caleb Williams. Yeah. I'd eliminate him. Mario probably had the worst first year of yes. any of those. Yes, I would agree with that. I don't know where Notre Dame fan is. I Notre Dame to me is Penn State. Like they're a two to three loss team every year at their best. They're a four or five loss team if they're at their worst regrouping. So I don't. I know the media puts them almost always in the top ten just right away. Blue blood Notre Dame automatic. But I don't view them that way. But also to come out in two timeouts and have 10 players both times at the goal line against Ohio State with a chance to win the game. Game they should have won. I mean, that's Mario-level stupid to me. And so I'm stuck between Freeman and Mario. And so Brent Venable's not a part of it. Because Brent Venable's had a really bad year one uh, at Oklahoma. They were awful last year. Yeah. And they've now lost back-to-back weeks. And they're they're basically eliminated from, not eliminated because they beat, they had the head-to-head one over Texas. But Kansas and Oklahoma State are the other two lost Big 12 teams. And they lost to both of them. But Venable's, see the thing, Oklahoma fan is not the country. So if you were to pull the country, what was the chatter? It was Miami got Mario to come home, leave Oregon. They won the Pac-12 title. They got to the title game this year. He got them. Mm -hmm. They got the son to come. The prodigal son had returned. That's true. Marcus Freeman was the darling of coordinators, the young coordinator that was Mm -hmm. hot on the market. And Brian Kelly surprises the world. They do the natural Jimmy Lake thing. Let's hire the guy that's here that everybody wants and loves. And it started good, and then they've lost a few games now here, and it's not quite being... I don't know what the chatter was about Venables. I didn't feel like everybody was like, oh, man, they got the biggest guy on the market. That's fair. That's fair. Good defensive coach, yes. Questionable offense was always kind of the thing for them. Uh, And they've improved defensively this year. I'm going to go Mario. You're going to go Mario? I'm going to go Mario. I think he's had the most pressure of those guys and incredible like they got blown out by Middle Tennessee State last year 
They lost NC State this past weekend. He's lost his quarterback. That kid's broken. You mentioned they could. I mean, they're playing Florida State this weekend. And it's a could. chance for a big yeah. upset. If they lose, they're six and four, and they would be two and four in ACC play. I think that Seminoles are going to roll them in Tallahassee. This they go weekend. by the way they got Louisville next week. I think they lose that game. That's, Louisville's a decent team, and then they end in Boston College on Thanksgiving and, weekend. And you should win that. I think you're encouraged by the recruiting, but I'm. In two years, like not even a full two years, but in the time frame, I'm going to say Mario. Interesting. Okay. I voted, and I, I I had a hard time with this one as well. I ended up voting for Brent Venables. <laughs> Why? What it, was your expectation for Brent Venables? It, Lincoln Riley 2.0? It just, not necessarily, but I felt like of all the jobs that people were taking over, that one was the most ready-made to win. Like they, like they. Well, it wasn't in, though for him. It was the opposite. It was years, an offensive heavy system with no defense. Sure, but He's in the a year, defensive guy. In the years leading up to it, though, they had more success than no, well, maybe not Notre Dame, but I think it's harder to win at Notre Dame than it is to win at these other schools. But Miami was a was a re, like Miami was a dumpster fire. I'll give Mario the credit there. I don't think you give three, four, five years like you used to. And and USC was not like that was not a good situation with Clay Elton at the four end. And uh, four and eight, exactly. Yeah. They fired him, and so I, I they've had the ability to bring in talent quicker, but Lincoln winning, or not winning, but getting to a Pac-12 title game in year one and having his quarterback win a Heisman and understanding that Mario is recruiting at such a high level, I gave him the slight benefit. It was between Mario and Brent Venables for me, and I ended up voting for Brent Venables. So no Freeman? Uh, no, because I think Notre Dame is the hardest place of all these schools. I think Notre Dame's the hardest one to win at. Um, well, I mean, Kelly won. Sure, he did, but he's also how did Notre Dame coaches do before Brian Kelly? Not great, and also they don't have a huge talent pool of recruiting or built-in. Re- I don't know. They got the number one transfer portal quarterback maybe in college football last off season. Sam, Sam Hartman. Hart- yeah, I mean I Alabama guess- wanted Sam Hartman. Yeah, uh, like, yeah, bad. that's fair. That's fair. And he chose Notre Dame, and then he started the season with all this Heisman hype. I I hear what you're saying, but I think the NIL world changes the academia nature of recruiting. And I don't think they have the NIL boosters the way that some of these other programs do. I just I don't think no I don't I think Notre Dame is has a hindrance on recruiting and spending the way that some people don't quite understand behind the scenes. And that's why Brian Kelly left Notre Dame to go to LSU. Because he went to a place where he knew at LSU they're going to do whatever it takes Well, that's to one of the more special jobs, I think, in that sure, sport, too. Sure. Uh, Lincoln Riley, by the way, is running away with a poll question. 59% people yeah, voting yeah, that, for Lincoln that, I mean, Riley. that's just trolling. That's not... If you're doing fact-based things, that's trolling. That's not being legitimately honest. He got to the Pac-12 title game after a 4-8 and eight season and completely had to revamp a program. Hmm. I didn't see. Did I see Notre Dame in the playoff? Did no. I see them lose less than two games last year? No. Mario lost at home to Middle Tennessee State. Venables had an all-time worst debut. Like he's the easy eliminator of that poll question. It's between all those other guys. He's the only one who's played for a conference championship game of those coaches so far at their new spot. So I put His it bad up last year night. seven and three right now. He's winning it right now. I just It's funny how you look in hindsight two years ago. It's like, oh, God, how will you ever recover? And Washington didn't get the number one guy on their list. Oregon hires a D coordinator that half the people had never heard of before in Dan Lanning. And you look up two years later, you're like, oh, all right, not bad. This thing's kind of worked out for us. So I think Washington and Oregon are feeling pretty good about the hires that they made. I want to get to another college football note. How long are we going to wait on this story? We'll get to that coming up next. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, You call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates – 
Price and coverage match limited by state law. Saw a random story yesterday. Your league wants to go to a two-day draft. You want to bump the NBA draft to two days? Yeah, talk about an idiotic decision. <laughs> yeah, out on a two-day draft. How would you do that? Round one, one day. Round two, another day. Are basically? they going to expand it? Then are they going to? No, they they want. They don't want to overlook the second rounders. They don't want a Quesarito uh, situation happening in their future. <laughs> and they're also trying to capitalize on TV windows and more revenue. Um, yeah. I did see somebody make a funny point on Twitter when I saw this note yesterday, and it was something to the effect of, great, now you're going to give Oklahoma City an extra day to prepare of taking everybody else's picks. That's smart. <laughs> Why limit it to five minutes when you give them 24 hours? Yeah, so are they like, if you, I guess, did that, you would have to bump up the time between picks, right? So everybody would have 10 minutes. I don't know if that'd be good for viewership if you did that. There is an aspect of the NBA draft that I enjoy that it kind of, there's a good pace to it. Like, it kind of goes. And you like some- you're surprising me. I just assumed you and everybody else in America, after like the first eight picks, stop watching. Well, it depends on how Portland's involved in it, right? It, like okay. we had we had a late first round pick at the end of the what twenty something. I think do you need to ch- watch that, or do you just see that on Twitter yeah. and be like, okay, cool, that was our twenty third I mean, pick. At, at that point in the Who sports calendar, look very good. What? Yeah, no, that's a he's a rookie, point. but you know, there's nothing else going on on the sports calendar that time of year, hmm. and so it's like, ah, eh, what else am I watching? It's usually like a Tuesday in what July. Like, what the hell else am I watching? Yeah, not July? a fan. <laughs> But I continue to be not a fan of anything Adam Silver and the league thinks they need to do. Well, we remain in a holding pattern on the biggest story that I saw somebody, I think it was Andy Staples who had the take yesterday of like, Michigan and Ohio State fan just has to realize we just enjoy watching the world burn and having the drama that exists in this rivalry is kind of fun. And I don't, I kind of hope that this thing comes crashing and burning down, but we don't have any update on the Michigan cheating scandal. They did announce, or not announce, but they gave their notice to Michigan. Michigan had its response. They sent their response. And some of the snippets from what the penalty uh, or what the president has said have, have been. Uh, released to the media, if you will, uh, and they continue to fight for their innocence and Connor Stallions didn't do anything wrong and blah, blah, blah. But we're still waiting in a holding pattern for this stupid announcement, and I, I'm i wondering if there's, if, there, if there's a fatigue factor for the story or if we're just truly enjoying watching chaos in college football. Can it be both? I think it could be both, yeah. It could uh, be both. I know the punishment's going to come out if there is a report, we'll yeah, see. whatever it is, it's reportedly going to happen today. I was hoping it happened during the show, given the three-hour difference here. But yeah, Pete Thamel, I think, had a, say, a thing this morning. Said, "Don't expect anything until probably tonight or tomorrow," because they just responded. They had forty-eight hours to respond. Oh. Now the Big Ten's got to read their response and address their response, and you got to go through all the protocols. Yeah, no offense, but like, I I don't really put a lot of stock in anything that gets announced anyway, because I think they're going to appeal it, and it's going to get delayed to the point where they'll pick it back up when the season's over. The Big Ten needs a playoff team. They have two teams that are in that position. I don't buy Penn State as a legitimate option for it. Uh, And so it boils down to, does the conference, they're clearly hell-bent on Michigan and Harbaugh, but like, is Tony Batiti hell-bent on it? Or is he responding to the pressure from coaches or athletic directors from other institutions? Uh, I, I just... I don't know, man. Like, it's an interesting story. The vacuum sales part was fascinating. Blake Corum being a business partner was interesting. I don't think anything's actually going to happen here for the in-season part. And so if it doesn't, like, that doesn't do much for me. 
Yeah, there was a source from Michigan who told ESPN, we're bringing a, we're not bringing a knife to the gunfight. That was the source. That was the quote from Michigan. Yeah, they're going to counter anything. They're going to fight announced. hard, man. Yeah. They said it's essential in the in the letter that the president wrote to the Big Ten Conference and Petiti said it's essential that the Big Ten Conference not take any disciplinary action against the University of Michigan until the final results of its own or, more appropriately, the NCAA investigation are officially announced. What you, so. So, so this is what I'm doing. If I'm Tony Petiti, and it's easier to say this than actually be in it and take phone calls and whatnot. Aren't you aren't you kind of punting this and letting the NCAA take more of the fall than being guy who's it's so tough, man. Over aggressive yeah, with no actual concrete evidence of stallions to Harbaugh directly, and then like the appeal's gonna happen and I, I think I'm just punting on it. I think I'm going, let the NCAA figure this out. Well, the question out. is, is there a violation of NCAA rules or Big Ten bylaws? That's the question. If, there's, if they're being accused of violating Big Ten sportsmanship bylaws, then it's the Big Ten's responsibility mm. to rule on that. If there's a larger issue of... In the NCAA bylaws for football about sign stealing or going to opponents' games to scout or whatever, then that's an NCAA issue. Mm. But if there are specific accusations that they have violated something in the Big Ten Conference bylaws, then Tony Petiti has to rule on it. Yeah, but teams complaining about it, I mean, is that enough to say they violated the bylaw? It depends on what sort of proof they have at this point. What constitutes evidence that 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 has happened? We have evidence. I don't know if we have, and this is stupid because we know, but like we don't have the concrete evidence, do we? Yeah, you have the evidence that they clearly were buying tickets and filming sidelines because they have footage. The the, the schools who accused Michigan of doing this have footage of people filming the sidelines and all that. What you don't have is the smoking gun that connects a text from Jim Harbaugh to Connor Stallions saying, hey, thanks for the footage on Ohio State this weekend. It'll come in hand. Like, that's the missing link that you don't have, and that's the argument that Michigan is going to make. To your point about Petiti, though, like, he's in a lose-lose situation here. If you don't do anything and you wait for the NCAA to act, you're then pissing off the rest off of the conference. Everybody they're else. all going to hate him, and they're not going to respect him. And they're going to say, we're just going to let the biggest dog in the conference get away with this and cheat blatantly in our face. If he does act, then you're pissing off your biggest cash currently, your biggest cash cow. So good luck making that decision. <laughs> I, yeah, it's not an easy one to make. It just isn't. And I, I, I understand the Michigan argument. If we don't have the evidence, you know, you don't have the evidence against Jim Harbaugh. I will continue to maintain, and I think, I think the conference, if they act, will continue to maintain. Like if you didn't know this, that's that's almost worse. Not uh, arguing that you didn't know that this was happening is almost worse than you knowing that it was happening. Okay, let me ask you this: if if everything is the exact same with record, how are you feeling about this story as a Big Ten member next year if this scenario were to play out? How does Washington fan feel yeah. about this scenario if Did it Did my team out? lose to Michigan? No, let's say at this point you haven't played Michigan. It's at the back end of the it's schedule. Or I you, want the conference to hammer him. Or you would play him in the Big Ten title. As, as a Big Ten member, I want the, I want the conference to hammer him. So you're joining everybody else, and you're yep. saying, get rid of this or figure this out yes. now. Pun- they have to serve some sort of punishment for this. You have to. You cannot let this slide. Hmm. They, they've they've thrown you know mud in the water. I know we'll go here. They, they've thrown mud in the water on. They, you know, everybody else is cheating against us. I thought somebody put up in a, in a really good spot of like what Michigan has accused the other schools of doing is basically like I'm taking a test in school and I lean over to the smart kid and be like, hey, what's the answer on number 17? Oh, it's B. Okay, thanks. Whereas what Michigan did was breaking into the professor's office the night before the test and stealing the test to get out. Like there's a difference there. And Michigan has tried to use that as their 
basically their strategy of saying, look, everybody else is cheating too, so why just punish us? It's about how you got the information to cheat. That's the question at hand. But we wait. We're all in a holding pattern. Will something happen? Who the hell knows? But it's not. it doesn't sound like it's going to be today that we'll get an answer on the Michigan cheating scandal and what the punishment uh, will be. We'll wrap it up, answer the poll question, get you set for tonight in sports next on The Fan. All right, poll question is up. Was last night Chauncey Billups' best game as the Blazers coach? Early yeah. results, 53-46. to 46. 54-46, to 46, basically, rounding up, rounding down. Uh, say, yes, it was. Yeah, one person says, funny that his best coaching job still results in a loss. Very fitting. And then somebody else responded. <laughs> Deal, I think, said, no, the game he let Dame go get 70 was his best job because he just got the hell out of the way and let mm. Dame make history. I would actually say that was a pretty bad coaching job because they allowed, who were they? That was the Rockets, the right? Rockets, yeah. They let the Rockets hang around in that game. They they were as bad as the Rockets. I know, but that, when did that game happen, <laughs> what though? What are we doing? What? How early in the season did that game happen, though? That was in the back half of the year, I believe. Was it? I don't remember. I have no I have no memory. Well, then why are you pushing back with a was it? Well, because the Rockets were awful, and, and we still had Damian Lillard. We, that was we, all we had at that point. I know, but that was better than anything the Rockets had. Let me look this up. I can't even name you three players from the Rockets roster last year. And Dame was shut down late in the year, so it was obviously before he was shut yeah, it was, down. It was almost March. It was like the okay. second to last day of February. What was our record going into that game? Terrible. <laughs> How terrible is terrible? Terrible enough to line us up into the third pick of the draft and shut Dame down like two weeks later. Well, sure, that happened last month. We lost a lot of games at the end of the season. I want to know records, damn it. I demand answers on this. Because I that was a pretty, I mean, yeah, I guess giving him. you had Portland as a playoff team in your mind on that game, and Houston is the worst team in the league. I did. I did. We were very good. We should have performed at a higher level. I don't know what the hell happened. I said 330. That means there's some strikeouts with that average. Uh, Thursday Night Football tonight, Panthers and Bears. Yuck. I'm on the Panthers. I'm on the Panthers. I'm on the over. Keep pounding. You're on the over tonight at 38 and a half. Think we get an offensive explosion? <laughs> no. Bajan, the bagel. Ba- uh, bagel Bajan gets I it done. don't think these defenses are good, <laughs> and I could just see some scoring happening. I don't defensive know. touchdowns could happen in this game. Are you There's springing no... line on the Panthers? I'm not springing line on the okay. Panthers, no. Right. But I am gambling on the Carolina Panthers All tonight. Right. All right. Keep pounding. Woof. <laughs> Woof. Keep pounding. That's their saying, baby. That's their saying. Uh, that will do it for us, folks. A lot of people in the comment section on YouTube arguing about Oregon and Washington. Love it. I Love do, too. It. And uh, we are going to have a lot of fun tomorrow because Washington has a big game this weekend against Utah. Oregon has a big game against USC. Oregon State has a look-ahead spot. Will they look ahead? And it's kind of a big weekend in college football, not to mention some sneaky good matchups in the NFL. So it's going to be a really fun football Friday. That will do it for us. If you missed any of the show, go check the Service Patriots podcast, 1080thefan.com, at Dirt and Sprague and at 1080thefan. Thanks for being a part of our Thursday, everybody. We'll talk to you tomorrow at 6 a.m. Colin is next listening to 1080thefan. Hey everyone, Boomer Esiason here. The NFL Draft is behind us and your favorite team is now gearing up for week number one. The free Odyssey app puts you right in the middle of the pro football conversation with the biggest sports radio stations from across the country. The local voices who know your team the best, giving you their unfiltered takes on the current state of your squad. It's always football season right here on the free Odyssey app. 